fire. So he said, let us worship God with thanksgiving, and our worship should be in fear and trembling because our God is consuming fire. And that's what we talked about last week, how this phrase is really the climax of the author of Hebrews' argument from Hebrews 1.1 all the way till the end of chapter 12. It's driving everything he said, is driving his reader to that point, that our God is what? Consuming fire. So let's talk about that a little bit more this week. We're going to focus on that phrase a little bit. Too heavy, so let's talk about it. Now, forget your notes for a minute. Look up to me and let me ask you a question, a Bible quiz. The Bible says God is consuming fire. What is the one that is even a whole lot more famous that God is consuming fire? God is what? God is love, right? We always talk about this one. God is love. And when you go through the scripture, there are very few verses in the Bible that tells us God is something. We read that he is a merciful God. He is God of gods. He is love. And this is one of the very few verses that the scripture uses to describe to us who God is. The very nature of God. He is what? He is a consuming fire. The idea behind consuming fire is this. God is so holy, he's so pure, he's so righteous, he's so just, that the slightest of sin, the slightest of impurity, cannot even come close to his presence because if it does, he's going to devour it, he's he going to consume it because in his holiness, he is consuming fire. Amen? And we see throughout the scripture that the fact that God is consuming fire in his nature is associated so many times with his holiness, his justice, and his righteousness. Let's go through a couple of examples. In Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was a shepherd and he's walking his sheep everywhere. And then he looks and what does he see? He sees a bush that is what? Burning. So when the bush is burning, what's in it? fire right so he sees fire there and he says what is going on this bush is burning but it is not being consumed let me go and see this strange sight that's why he said he comes close to the bush and what happens God is talking to him from that fire from the burning bush and he tells him what what is the first thing he tells him he said take your shoes your sandals off because the land the ground that you are standing on is what Holy. Right? See that? Because the fire is there. God who is consuming fire is there. That is associated with holiness. And God is warning Moses. Actually, let's look uh, at verse 4 here. Um, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Look at the very first command God gives Moses. Do what? Do not come any closer don't come close to me because i am consuming fire this is holy ground you're not pure enough to come close to me and if you come any closer you're gonna be consumed so stay away because i am too holy too pure and that is manifested through my fiery presence amen the same, the same idea we almost see later on in Exodus 19. Now God is showing up at Mount Sinai, we talked about this, to give his commandments, the till commandments, the foundation of the old covenant to his people. How does God show up in the mountain? Remember that? There was fire 
and there was smoke on Mount Sinai, right? And what does God command Moses to command his people? He say, keep the people away. Make sure you put fences around the mountain because if anyone come close to me, I am gonna consume them because I am holy, I am right, I am justice, I am just, I am righteousness, and I am consuming fire. And if the people have any sort of impurity, any sort of sin, and they come close to me, I'm gonna smoke them dead. So keep them away from me. Amen? Isaiah 6, 4 to 5. Now, Isaiah, in the first six, six uh, chapters, he said seven times the word woe to, curse to, or like, you know, woe to, somebody in trouble. The first five chapters, we see him, the word, saying the word woe to the people. He said, woe to you people, woe to the children of Israel. Judah, woe to the rich, woe to these people, that people. And then in chapter 6, Isaiah now is coming before the presence of God. God is appearing to him. And look at what it says here in verse 4 and 5. At the sound, the angels that were worshiping God, at the sound of their voices, um, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with the smoke. It doesn't say that it was fire, but where there is smoke, there is fire, right? What Isaiah saw was the smoke. Wait, can you lower that? What Isaiah saw was the smoke, but that indicates the presence of God who is consuming fire. And once Isaiah saw the fire, the consuming fire of the presence of God, what is the first thing he says to himself? Woe to, not to the people, but woe to me. I am ruined. I am undone because I am in the presence of a holy God and I have unclean Amen. lips. Amen? Amen? Over and over and over again in the scripture, the idea that God is consuming fire is that he's so holy he's so pure he's so righteous that even the slightest of sin the slightest of impurities if it come close to his presence he will smoke it because he is a consuming fire amen now I have some news for you I'm not sure if it's good news or bad news but God is an equal consuming fire God amen <laughs> He's not like, he's just like when you see, you know, I'm an equal employer. I don't care if who you are. We're just going to, you know, hire you based on your qualification. That's the same thing when it comes to God. Whether you are one of his people or, or you are not one of his people, he is equally consuming fire when it comes to sin. Amen? In the scripture, we see that God is consuming fire both among his people and to his enemies. Amen? Let's look at some examples. The first time, let's talk about among his people. That would be us, right? If you're a born-again Christian, you know you're going to heaven. This is for you. Among his people. The very quote that the author of Hebrews used in Hebrews 12, 29. Remember, that was a quote, a quote from Deuteronomy 4, 24, right? What does the book of Deuteronomy say? Deuteronomy 4, 23 to 24. Here is God, or Moses, is commanding the people, and he's saying, Be careful not to, co not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he has made with you. Question. People who have a covenant with God. Is that God's people, or that's not God's people? That's God's people, right? He says here, be careful not to forget the covenant. So this is our, the people of that covenant like you and me we are a people of the new covenant amen yes. and it says this do not make for yourself an idol in the 
thing the Lord your God has forbidden. Why? For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God to his people. The people of the covenant, the people that he has a relationship with. This is not to the people who hate a consuming fire to the people who love him so much that they have entered into a covenant with him. Amen? You say, oh pastor, that was the Old Testament. It was the Old Testament. You're right. But remember, where was that verse quoted in the New Testament? Hebrews. Is Hebrews in the Old Testament? No, it's in the New Testament. And look how the author of Hebrews quoted it. He's talking about you and me, New Testament believer, and he said, for our God was a consuming fire. Is or was? My translation might be weird because it reads was. No, I'm kidding. Is present tense. He wasn't just in the Old Testament consuming fire. Even for now, for today, he still is consuming fire for the people oh, that he has entered into a covenant with. Amen? That would be who? You and me, right? So even for you and me, God is consuming fire. He's still holy. He's still pure. He's still righteous that he cannot tolerate, accommodate even the shadow or the slight of impurities. I'm, I'm telling you while I'm telling this, I'm a little bit scared myself because <laughs> I know I'm not perfect, right? Let me give you some examples in the scripture how God was a consuming fire even among his own people. and He consumed his own people with they were sinning against him. The first example we actually read in the book of Leviticus, um, verse 1 and verse 2. Now, Aaron was Moses' brother, and he was the high priest. Now, you're talking about like top-notch religious leader of the people of Israel at that time. He wasn't your average, you know, Joe Israelite. He was the guy that would bring the people into God's presence, right? This is the top guy. Now, he has four, four children. Two of them, one is called Nadab, and the other one is called Abihu. And what happened? God commanded that when they enter his presence, they have to have censers. And they put uh, incense in that censer to get out smoke. We talked about this before. And we said the idea is that smoke will veil the presence of God from the people. Because God is so holy and so pure. And they cannot come close to him. If I remember correctly, that smoke, this, 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 sense, this sensor should have coals from the very altar of the burnt offering. This is one way of understanding it. But at Nadab and Abihu, they approached God, but they did not approach God on his own terms. They brought to God strange fire. There's so many ways of understanding what that means. The point is, they came close to God, but not on his term. I.e., they were sinning against God. Amen? So what happened to them? Aaron's son, that's Leviticus 10, 1 to 2. Aaron's son, Nadab and Abihu, took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. So far, no bad. Nothing, nothing wrong. And they offered, here is the sin, unauthorized strange fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. What happened? Our God is consuming fire. When his own people, these people were probably in line to become the high priest, the top-notch religious leader of the nation of Israel at, at that time. But our God is consuming fire. Verse three reads, uh, verse two reads, so fire came out from the presence of the Lord and did what? And consumed them and they died before the Lord. 
Scary, huh? Numbers 11, 1 to 2. Now the people of Israel are in the wilderness and they start complaining against God who already has redeemed them from the land of Egypt. Like you and me sometimes when we complain against God and sin against him. Numbers 11, 1 to 2. Now the people complained about their hardship in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. What happened? Our God, who's a consuming fire, what happened? Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some on the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, when the fire started breaking out in the camp that came out from the Lord, people started crying out to God, asking for mercy. So the people cried out to Moses. He prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. That's his people. The ones that he redeemed, the one he's entered into a covenant relationship with, yet when they sinned against him because our God is so pure, so holy, he's a consuming fire, fire came down from heaven and consumed his own people. Amen. Numbers 13, 35. What happened in that, book, in that chapter is that Korah, which was one of the Levites, these again are the people who are responsible of ministering, that tribe, the tribe of Levi, responsible of ministering to the Lord. These are the people who take care of the tabernacle. These are like, in our terms here, in our 21st century church, these are the pastors and the bishops and the evangelists, the people who come close to God to serve Him. Amen? Now, the Levites, a group of that Levites called Korah and his group, they start complaining against Moses and say, hey, why do you think you're so holy? We also can lead the people of God. So Moses said, well, let me show you. Tomorrow we'll know whom the one that God called. Next day, Korah and his camp on one side, Moses and the children of Israel on one side. And Moses said, well, if God called me, let something strange happen. Let the earth open its mouth and and." and Swallow the people, and that's literally what happened. And after Korah and his group were swallowed by, by the earth, we read this in Numbers 16:35. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed 250 pastors, if you want to put it in, in our the 21st century terminology, men who were offering the incense. These are the people who. God, yet when they sinned against God, fire came down from heaven and consumed 250 on the spot, just like that. Well, I'm so glad that the Bible says our God was a consuming fire, isn't it? He still is consuming fire, right? And he has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who did not accommodate or tolerate sin in the Old Testament is still our God even today. That's why the author of Hebrews said what we talked about last, last week, that we need to worship God in thanksgiving with fear and trembling for our God is consuming fire. Like the presence of God, ministering to God, should, we should have a healthy dose of the fear of God in our midst. You guys are with me? Well, you, you know when you pray, you're approaching the holy and the, the presence of a holy and a righteous God. It doesn't necessarily, for me, it doesn't necessarily mean that like... You have to wear a tie when you come to the presence of God. That's not revering God. It's the attitude of heart that you're not accommodating sin, that you're not tolerating sin, that you're not okay with any sort or shape of impurity because our God is consuming fire. That is the reverence that the scripture is asking us to do. Amen? Yes. Yes. You can be 
any way you look, anything, it doesn't matter. But as long as your heart is in the right place. You guys are with me? That's what God is looking for. God doesn't look your outer appearance. He looks into your heart. Let us worship God with what? Thanksgiving and approach him, worship him with fear and trembling for our God is consuming fire. Now you think it's bad when it comes to his people, right? Which is, it is bad. But let's now look how our God is a consuming fire to his enemies, which is even worse than the way he is with his people. The second time, the only second time that the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, used the exact same word, consuming fire, that was mentioned in Deuteronomy 4.24, was mentioned again in Deuteronomy 9.1-3. Let's read that context there. Now Moses is speaking. He said, Hear Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you. Now, these are not godly nations. These are not God's people. These are sinful, wicked nations that God is going to execute his judgment on them through the children of Israel. Amen? And it says this, you're going to dispossess these people, these nations, greater and stronger, stronger than you with, with large cities that has walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, the Anakites. You know about them and have heard it said, who can stand up against the Anakites? But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like what? Consuming Fire, devouring or consuming fire. The exact same Greek word uh, that the Septuagint used in, in Deuteronomy 4.24. He is a consuming fire. What is this consuming fire going to do? He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised you. So the second time the scripture, the, the Greek word used to describe God as a consuming fire. Now he's not consuming fire to his people. He's consuming fire to who? His enemies. Strangely enough, this, the only other time in the book of Hebrews that we read something among the lines of consuming fire. Not the exact same Greek word, but something among the lines of consuming fire is in Hebrews 10.26. What does it say? If we deliberately, deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and raging fire that will eat up, devour those who are the enemies of God. So the consuming fire here from Deuteronomy 9, from Hebrews 10, is not for God's people, it's for God's enemies. And who are God's enemies? Well, the Bible tells us. You don't have to guess it. Colossians 1, 21. Once you were alienated when you were living in sin apart from God. Once you were alienated from God and were what? Enemies to God in your minds because of your evil behavior. We talked about this, how we have reconciliation through the blood of Jesus. Because sin, the life of sin, not, not accepting Christ as, as Christianese as it can be, not committing your life to Jesus, that if you don't life of sin, and because of that life of sin, you are an enemy of missing a mark by one or two inches. You are setting yourself up to be the enemy of a holy and a righteous God. Amen? And for those who are enemies of God, our God is a consuming fire. Why do you think hell is a lake of fire? 
because our God is consuming fire. That's what the author, the, Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, look at this. This will happen. He said, when Jesus comes, he will repay you for, for, for your trouble. And then he says this, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. How? When he comes for judgment. In a blazing what? Fire. With his powerful angels. What is this fire that Jesus is going to appear and going to do? It, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of God and from the glory of His might. That's the very reason why the eternal punishment is a lake of fire when people are going to be tormented, going to be burning for all eternity because our God who's holy, who's righteous, who's, who's just going to consume them for all eternity with his consuming fire because they have endured sin. Amen? Amen. There's a video I want you to get. I usually don't do videos, but this is just such a visual way of looking just a tiny hint of how hell gonna look like. Can you play that video for us? Now the scripture says that's great. What is that Thank Mike? God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Now when you see this, this is scary. And this is just every verse in the scripture about hell gonna become reality. When you see that two clip video. The Bible says that hell burns with what? Sulfur, oh. which is brimstone. Now look how sulfur burns. This is just from YouTube. You can look it up yourself. Sulfur is this white powder. And this guy is going to put it on fire. And when you see the how sulfur burns, every single scripture in a way that talks about hell is going to become reality for you. Just how real that stuff is. The Bible calls hell is what? Lake of fire. Lake, of fire. Lake is liquid, right? But it's liquid of fire. That's what the scripture tells us. And when, do you see, um, babe, can you dim the lights from the outside? When you see when silver burn, do you see what it converts to? It converts to this liquid, thick material that is just pretty much liquid fire. Let me turn that off. Then the So do you see what happens here? The silver is sulfur is actually is converting to fluid. And that fluid is burning, right? And that's for me, that's pretty much my, how hell would look like. It's a literal lake of that liquid that is thick, that is burning like that. Do you see how silver burned? And when you see how silver burned, in a little bit, you're going to see that it's going to smoke. It, it, it diffuses this kind of heavy smoke. And that's why the scripture says that the smoke of the torment will ascend before God forever and forever. And that's why it's a dark place. Because of all the fumes, it might not be very clear here, but hopefully we'll see some smoke. All the fumes that silver will produce when it burns, that's what's going to make hell so dark. Do you see how it's converting? So it's a liquid fire, and it is going to produce some smoke, and it's just going to keep on burning. So we're going to go like this for all eternity. You just, you get the point of how hell is going to look like. When the scripture says, do you see the smoke? When the scripture says that hell is a lake of fire, we're not talking metaphorically about, you know, something like lake of fire. It's going to be literal lake of liquid thick fire like that. That's why the Bible call it furnace of fire. You get the point. You guys are with me? Okay. So you can turn the lights on, babe, and turn that off. You guys see that? Amen? 
This is the fate of every single person who doesn't know Jesus. So when I say let's pray that God will show up, I am not saying, hey, it would be nice if we can pray. I'm saying this is an insanely urgent need that we need to cry out to God so nobody will end up in that literal lake of fire where people are going to be tormented in that lake forever and forever and forever and there's absolutely no hope and no way forever for them to ever get out of it. Amen? Our God is what? He's, he's merciful but that's not what we're talking about today. He is consuming fire. And those who reject him, those who even don't that's why our responsibility is important. They're going to end up in that place where they're going to be consumed by the fire, literal lake of fire for all eternity because they have chosen over accepting and receiving the love that God has provided for them in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me close with that last thought and then we'll pray. Nobody needs to end up in that place. Nobody needs to end up in that place because the exact same fire that people are going to bear for all eternity, going to be tormented with for all eternity, Jesus has already bore that fire for them on the cross. Amen? The Psalms 22, 14. That's, that's a psalm about the cross. We talked about this. We spent five weeks discussing Psalm 22. Like in verse 14, Jesus David, obviously, but through prophecy, talking about Christ on the cross. And it says this, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. And look what it says after that. My heart is like what? Wax. It is melted within me. What melts the wax? Fire. This is not a trick question, right? What melts the wax? Fire. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. There was fire going through him on the cross. What kind of fire is Jesus talking about? It is the fire of our God who is a consuming fire. The fire of God that should fall on your sins and my sins. Fall on Christ on the cross. And he, took our, he paid our price. He took our penalty. And because of what he has done, neither you or I are going to end up in that literal lake of fire. Amen? That's good news, amen? amen. Have, however, having said that, our God has not changed his mind once you become a Christian and now he's okay with sin. He's still consuming fire and he wants to devour every single sin and every single impurity in our lives. And you think it's bad for you and me? It's not really as bad as for those who don't know Jesus, amen? amen. So let's take Christianity seriously. Let's take the gospel seriously. Let's take this eternal punishment very seriously, amen? Let's come before God and pray.